0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of One Guy, I guess podcast. I'm just kidding around. Uh, crazy weekend of football, uh, culminating with the Clásico on Saturday, excuse me, Sunday afternoon. Uh, what a match for the neutrals for both sets of fans. Probably, in my opinion, uh, and not because of the result, just because of the action, the, the, probably the best Clásico. I wanna say since uh, when Messi debuted and scored a hat-trick. Um, no penalties. Um, no penalty goals, 3-2. I mean, a goal in the dying minutes. There was blood, there was red cards. Uh, plenty of animosity between both sides. It was just a great match all around. Um, you know, just kind of diving right into it. Um, Real Madrid starting Gareth Bale, which I thought was a really big mistake. Uh, no reason to start him. He's been having injury problems all season. Um, I don't see the need to rush him. Real Madrid are still in control of their own destiny, even with a loss. Um, and not only that, uh, you know, with players like Asensio and Isco. James Rodriguez, a bunch of pl- quality players playing right now, even with limited minutes in rotation, they're still playing amazing. I mean, I honestly think if you know James or one of these other players would have started, um, they probably would have tied at least. Um, speaking of James, you know, 15 minutes of play for him or 18, whatever the final count was, and he made a, an impact right away, scoring a great goal, scrappy goal. Um, and it, it was just what they needed towards the end I do think at the end um, <clears throat> I don't necessarily blame, uh, blame Real Madrid for going for it at the end even down a man um, the way stuff has gone for them this season they've found winners in 93rd minute every single occasion so I don't blame them for that um, you know and you have to live with the consequence but I mean, credit to them for coming out and playing. Um, You know, that goal at the end, uh, just really, really high press. And, I mean, down to 10 men, you know, even Marcelo, who is, you know, a workhorse. He runs the whole game. Uh, For me, one of Real Madrid's two or three best players, at least the second half of the season. Every time he gets the ball, uh, he's extremely dangerous. Um, To me, even more so as a Barcelona fan, when... Whenever he got the ball in the final third of Barcelona's uh, half, um, you know, I was more nervous about him than pretty much any other player. Uh, he played brilliant. Uh, he was given great service all game to the rest of the players. And you know, if you're down to 10 men, if you're pressing all that, you are going to gas out. So a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, he should have brought him down. And I was originally like that too. But you know, just kind of I rewatched the match. I mean, he was just finally kind of gassing out. And uh, Sergio Roberto, the um, the Barcelona hero, now for like the third or fourth time, uh, you know, brilliant run. He makes that goal. Um, you know, going back, though, a little bit to the, end, the beginning of the game, um, Real Madrid, you know, came on first with... I was just looking back at the goal... Yes, Ramos is not offsides um, out of the three or four players uh, that went after the ball. He wasn't offsides, but there were offsides players that did make a play on the ball. The ball should be offsides immediately then. Um, But in any case, uh, they go up, one up. Um, Casemiro, a very, very integral part of this game. Um... You know, really, uh, he was fouling Messi early on, especially when he got that yellow after Messi, um, I don't want to say nutmegged him, but just kind of um, misdirected him, and Casemiro re- retaliated with a with a kick, and he, he kept fouling Messi, uh, very lucky again, second match in a row for him not to receive a second yellow card, um, but that was just kind of big, uh, how they attacked the game, no Neymar. So Messi saw a lot more of the ball. Not that he uh, suffers in, you know, retaining the ball or getting possession or running plays through him, but uh, you know, a lot of early on in games, at least Neymar is the player that has the ball at his feet, uh, creating and trying to open up space. Uh, and Real Madrid's plan was was simple: uh, try to crowd the midfield, try to retain the ball, and foul Messi every time he gets it. Uh, Marcelo very lucky Un- in an unintentional or not which I don't think it was intentional um, you can't elbow a player in the mouth and he's very lucky the ref didn't see that because that would have been a red card um, but yeah uh, good my, my uh, co-host brought up a good point um, you know with no Neymar the beginning at least Barcelona played their traditional 433 with Paco Alcacer, who um, I think he actually did pretty decent for what the position he was playing. I mean, he's not a winger, he's a direct player, so I think he did well uh, trying to create space and, you know, he, he actually, the a few through balls, uh, he, you know, he actually was able to create and give Luis Suarez a few chances. Um, so, I mean, I think he did uh, pretty well, but as soon as he came off in the second half when they put in, I think it was Andre Gomes that came directly in for him. Um, Barcelona went to two up front and it was a lot more narrow and it seemed to connect a lot more directly. Uh, it opened up a lot, of, a lot of place for Barcelona with five midfielders, albeit one of them kind of a midfielder and winger uh, tandem or, or mix, but um, that seemed to work a lot. Messi, integral, the whole match. Uh, he had, I want to say four or five uh, runs where it looked like he was going to run all the way to the, to the goal and walk it in. Um, brilliant dummy by who I thought originally was Luis Suarez, but it was, uh, or excuse me, Busquets, but it was actually Luis Suarez uh, dummies the ball and lays it off so uh, so Messi can, can uh, Take the shot on the first goal. Messi does brilliantly to chop the ball against the against the pitch and get past the final defender. I think it was Danny Carvajal. Great goal. Um, It it was just kind of you kind of saw it coming the way that Messi was was into the match and going by players. Um, You know, and it looked like it was going towards a draw. And like I always say, these clasicos, the (laughs) it seems. You know, form never seems to matter in these matches. Now, a few years ago when I went with my buddy to go watch it Barcelona had won like 38 in a row uh, going for all sorts of records and they lost at home um, you know the beginning of this season uh, or excuse me the beginning of uh, that, se- that same season uh, Barcelona you know Real Madrid are on a crazy run and Barcelona go over there without Messi and they win 4-0 so doesn't Just, just kind of just continuing with that train of thought, uh, you know, form out the window with these matches. Uh, second half, a few adjustments. I thought Barcelona was uh, a lot quicker on the ball, trying to open up space. Real Madrid continued to look dangerous. Luka, uh, a few decent shots. Um, I found that he had a little bit of trouble uh, with Rakitic and Busquets around him. Um, retaining possession, not so much uh, losing the ball, but they just kind of suffocated him. Busquets played amazing. Uh, he was just kind of everyone's. You know, if you're not watching him, you didn't see the the key moments he had. But he had a lot of key moments where Barcelona were bringing the ball back from uh, the back of a, from their own half under pressure, and he was very calm and cool and collective as he always is, um, and even a few flashy plays, but. Key interceptions. He stuffed Ronaldo uh, on a really key play where Ronaldo would have been one-on-one with the keeper. Um, so I, I give the midfield for Barcelona a lot of credit. Uh, Iniesta with a few really good chances uh, for lead balls to the forwards, and then Ivan uh, Rakitic just—I don't know where the hell that shot came from, but it was—it was ridiculous. Um, the back line for Barcelona, I thought that I, I thought did really well, especially Umtiti. Um, Real Madrid are so dangerous on the wings, and there was a lot of moments where uh, they crossed the ball, and whether it was a low cross or a high cross, and PK and Umtiti came up really huge in deflecting most of those. Um, Luis Suarez uh, kind of ruined a lot of his opportunities. Uh, I, I, I don't think he had that great of a game. And then, you know, Real Madrid, I thought Asensio as soon as he came in, uh, they had a lot more control over the tempo of the match. Um, they looked super dangerous, especially after James came in as well. Um, you know, I, I just, I that's why I say I don't blame them going for it because it really seemed like they were going to score. Um, once Real Madrid went down to 10 men, uh, they looked a lot more dangerous. Um, I give the, the two subs really a good rating because they played amazing. Um, Bale, I'm I'm not going to hold it against him. He was not ready despite everyone saying he was. Um, Benzema didn't do too much. Ronaldo missed a few key opportunities but he was, I thought he had a good game overall. Um, He got a lot of shots on target uh, from what I read on the stat line at least. And uh, from, you know, what Real Madrid have with their injuries, uh, their back line actually was pretty solid. Uh, the key moment in the match, <clears throat> second half, um, you know, Rakitic takes the lead through his his shot, two-one, and then um, which kind of came out from nowhere. Uh, he kind of dummyed, he kind of fake shot, went for a fake shot, and then he went around and shot it with his weak foot. Uh, Nava's had a really really tough match. But him and Ter Stegen, both keepers, were amazing. Uh, they really, had, they really had a good game despite the high-scoring uh, stat line. Uh, but yeah, Nacho played. I thought he played good. Um, Ramos, of course, the key moment comes. James Rodriguez comes in, he scores, ties the game, and then uh, Barcelona, a few minutes later, seems to have a breakaway chance, and it's Messi and Ramos and Ramos goes studs up both feet into Messi no contact of course but uh, if you're listening to this podcast you know it's a red um doesn't matter what team it is or whatnot that's an insanely dangerous play uh if that would have made any contact with Messi who thankfully jumped uh I'm pretty sure he would have been done for at least five six months that would have been a that's a very dangerous very reckless tackle. Uh, you know how many clásicos have we seen where Ramos gets a red card, and I've yet to see one where it's not justified. He's very hot-headed, and you know, for somebody who's the leader of a team, and he's been a—he's Real Madrid through and through, and he's been there, you know, forever, um, his whole career. So he—you know—that's never going to change his, his composure. This is his, is the only weak part of his game, I think. Uh, everything else, I think he's amazing at. As much as I don't like him I think he's a phenomenal player um, and he, it was funny because he was trying to blame it on <coughs> PK after once he was walking off he starts clapping which funny enough that's what Neymar did but I doubt we'll see a suspension for it uh, but he was it looked like he was trying to say hey thanks PK for you know trying to get the refs on your side when it's like uh, no you should just follow the rules and not go studs up into another human being running at f- a full pace. Um, and then they go down to 10 men and they actually play better. Uh, crazy. Uh, Andre Gomes, uh, I, I read a headline, it said, Andre Gomes it said tiene que reconocer, por fin no la cago. Uh, and I was just laughing because it's true. I mean, uh, great patience from him after Sergio Roberto made such a brilliant run. Um, good to see him wait for the layoff against uh, Jordi Alba which it was five on three so I mean it wasn't too hard to retain possession and give a a good through ball Um, and just the moment came you know there was three Real Madrid players uh, on that last attack in the box there was five total Barcelona players um, and you know, credit to Messi. He doesn't. Go, he's running up, but instead of going into the box, he kind of cuts to the center, waits for the layoff from Jordi Alba, and just one times it in. And um, that was that was such a brutal ending for for Real Madrid. Um, you know, the the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows in that match every single time. Um, so much on the line. Me personally, I, I've. I hate and love that match at the same time because there's just too much on the line and and they usually mean, you know, they usually have insanely high implications on the league. Um, funny enough, um, one of my buddies was over there and he got front row seats to seeing uh, that Messi goal, which even though he's a big Real Madrid fan, he said it was incredible. Um, and he just kind of silenced the crowd. Uh, his gesture towards the fans, I thought was hilarious. Um, and now they're level on points. Uh, Real Madrid a game in hand. Um, they do play Celta de Vigo, uh, which we'll see what kind of which Celta de Vigo they play. Um, and by that I mean Celta de Vigo are in the Europa League semifinals against Manchester United. Um, I haven't looked at the schedule yet, but it might be where Salta de Vigo rests a few players uh, against Real Madrid in order for, you know, the second crucial tie against Manchester United. So we'll see how that plays out. Real Madrid also a tough match against Sevilla. Uh, even though they've kind of dipped off or let off in the second half of the season, it's always a, you know, they're always a dangerous team. Um, Although it's kind of, right now over there, it's a little chaotic with uh, uh, Sampoli. Uh, their coach announcing that he is going to be the next Argentinian uh, national football coach which I am very happy as a fan of uh, you know their national team and just in general I've always just enjoyed watching watching Argentina Um, yeah a little chaotic with them right now I don't know exactly where their heads at with everything but um, you know they have you know when it plays them uh, at the recording of this on Tuesday, April 25th, tomorrow they play Deportivo La Coruña, which gave Barcelona and Atlético Madrid trouble. And Real Madrid travels with no uh, Sergio Ramos for the next game. Uh, I don't really know who their back line is other than Nacho, who seemed to almost—you know—he almost picked up and he—he he picked up a knock, almost took him out of the game. So Real Madrid right now having some really tough time with their back line. I don't know who they're going to be playing back there, no bails, so, you know, that that's a game where they could drop points, uh, and then they also have to play Atletico de Madrid twice, which just takes the air out of any team, so, um, I would say Real Madrid are slight favorites, uh, you know, they're in control of their own destiny, the only reason uh, that I don't give them higher is because they have a brutal schedule still coming up, they still play Celta Vigo, which if... You know, Santa Vigo does play their strongest lineup, is a tough team. They've given all of the teams in Spain, all the top teams, trouble. Um, so uh, they're in control of their own destiny. Um, you know, five wins and a draw is, is definitely something they can do. Um, and then Barcelona have uh, a significantly, I think, easier schedule. They do play Villa Real, I believe. Um, but most of, other than that, in Espanol. Uh, who they play on the weekend, uh, which will be their toughest match. Espanol uh, play their best matches against Barcelona uh, every season, of course. It's a derby. Um, but, yeah, just, uh, you know, the, that match, the Clásico, one of the best ones in a long, long time, seriously. Uh, just gives uh, kind of life to uh, Barcelona if they want to challenge for the title. Um, <clears throat> Some of the other matches, uh, Arsenal are, are in the FA Cup Final. Uh, disappointing for Pep Guardiola, who seems like he's going to end the, the season with no trophies. Uh, meanwhile, Conte is going to end up possibly with two. Um, at this time, I was watching the uh, Chelsea-Southampton uh, match, but uh, left at 1-1 at halftime. Um, really big season from Chelsea, um, especially with such a tough manager. It was tough. Uh, Defensive sides, really gritty, physical sides like that. Those are the kind of teams that do really well in tournaments. So I could see. uh, I think Chelsea next season in the Champions League. I think they're going to make it really, really far. I think they can go to the semis or better Um, because they're just. It's when you have a tough manager like that, and they're just. They've always been one of the tougher teams to play. Um, So uh, congratulations to all Chelsea fans for that. Liverpool, unfortunately, dropped some points, uh, if you're a Liverpool fan, and they seem like they are headed for Europa League, uh, dropping points against Crystal Palace, which I thought was really crazy, um, and then, uh, other news, Manchester United, uh, looks like Zlatan's, uh, career in the Premier League is over, <coughs> picked up a really serious injury, um, almost thought it was career-ending, to be honest, for a while, but, um, he's done for at least the rest of the season we'll see what happens as he only had uh as most of you know a one-year contract um yeah uh looking forward uh to the next round of champions league matches which happen next week um and there's football on every day this week as well um real madrid travel to the Coruña, like i said uh barcelona host osasuna um we have the North London Derby on Saturday, I believe it is, or Sunday at 11 a.m. Uh, Going to be a great match. Um, funny enough, I, I keep hearing this about there's a shift of power in North London. And it's it's just funny because, I, I mean, I like to pile on on Arsenal and their fans as well, but just because Tottenham have been a better side, you know, and not all outright. It's kind of debatable. I mean... I think most people will say that Tottenham are definitely the better team, uh, for the last year or so, but, uh, there's no shift in power, uh, just because one team is better than in one season, you know, and it just kind of surprises me how, how horrible, you know, the media, you know, kind of the week me, the media, I am so sick of all of these fucking newspapers just, you know. All these clickbait titles and just stirring shit up where there doesn't need to be any shit stirred up. I mean, it was as absurd as uh, I heard. A, I saw a headline, you know, after the the Clasico, will Neymar and Messi resign? It's like, fuck off! Like, you guys make so much bullshit up just for money, and unfortunately, a lot of the fans buy it up. So, no, there is no shift of power in North London. I just think it's pretty even for once. So, you know, it's a good thing. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to the North London Derby. Looking forward to the La Liga. You know, six matches left uh, for Real Madrid. Five for the rest of the... Or I think most of the league. Except maybe one other team. Um, but, yeah, good end to the season. Um, Champions League matches coming up. I can't wait for Juventus versus Monaco. That's going to be... I, I really don't... You know, it's so crazy how... Different these two styles are, but <clears throat> I think Monaco, their chaotic style, they are going to score some goals. But I think um, the way the, the wide play and the physical play of Juventus is going to expose their back line. Um, one of my other good friends, Michael, uh, was pointing out how, you know, I was like Mandzukic, why does he play on the wing? And he brought up a good point. You know, he's so physical and he always goes deep into the opposing side on the wing um no matter what because of how strong he is and he always attracts a center back or two and you know it opens up space for Dybala for Higuaín for for, uh, Pjanic so I, I think Monaco especially their young players they haven't seen a side this big or physical yet um and I think they're gonna have trouble with Juventus. I think they're gonna Juventus is gonna disrupt their play. <laughs> um, I don't know where the first legs are. I think they are. I think Monaco it has the first leg, and then I think Real Madrid has the first leg at the Um I think Monaco is gonna lose um, 3-2 at, at Monaco, and, and then I think Juventus will shut them out at, at Inter 2-0. Uh, so I my prediction is 5-2 for Juventus over Monaco Um, and then I think um, I think Real Madrid will get a good result at home I think they'll get it 2 one but I have no idea what's gonna happen at the Vicente Calderon Um, you know I wouldn't be surprised if it's a scoreless draw (laughs) so um, yeah thanks for listening guys as always remember uh, drunk Barca fan Uh, shout out to my co-host Rob Scully Um, you know moving up in the world I'm very happy with him uh, with his new job um, but yeah drunk Parsa fan at Twitter um, or you just ask me for it if you know me this is, audience is probably five or ten people at best um, but yeah a lot of matches coming up I'm excited about it but thanks for listening to me ramble I hope you guys have a good rest of your day um, and enjoy the football cheers